Hello and welcome to this podcast episode of GTalk Ask the Expert. GLP is a leading global investment manager and business builder in logistics, real estate, infrastructure, finance and related technologies. And in Europe claims over 30 years of experience in logistics real estate. Operating in 12 countries with over 4.5 million square meters of logistics space and another 3.4 million square meters awaiting development. They have over 10 billion euros worth of assets under management across Europe. Today we're looking at development and GLP's logistics footprint in the UK and asking what's coming up next in GLP's development pipeline. Our expert is well suited to that as she is Development Director Adrian Howells. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> well, nice to have you here in studio. Perhaps I could start by asking you to say a little bit about yourself and what you do in the company. Thank you. So I joined GLP um, around three years ago and um, I'm a development director for the UK team. So broadly, that means that I'm responsible for looking for new sites to buy. Once we buy them, taking them through the legal process, looking at the planning together with some of my colleagues, and then beyond that, making sure that they go into our construction team. And then once they're built, I'm responsible for leasing them as well. So it's a real cradle to grave approach for us. So GLP in logistics has three separate strands, which is invest, development and management of the logistics assets. Tell me some of the things that the UK team is working on at the moment. Uh, So the UK team are really busy at the moment because we have a number of existing sites um, that we're continually looking at what the best solutions are for our customers and what their requirements are. So at the moment, we're undertaking a programme of speculative development at Latterworth. And then um, we also recently acquired a large site at Corby, um, which um, we're focusing on build-to-suit opportunities for our customers. But today, I'd really like to focus on um, on the two extremes that we have, Mammoth 602 in Doncaster and G-Hub in Crawley. Okay, so these are two new developments in your overall GLP development footprint across the UK. So let's start with the Mammoth 602. Tell us a little bit about that. So Mammoth 602 is um, the largest speculative building under construction in the north of England at the moment. So it's 602,000 square feet. That's a big building. That's a big building. That's why it's called Mammoth. Yes. And what about the? What are some of the other specifics of that building? Um, so the height is twenty meters clear internal. So normally, of a building that size, you might find it to be about fifteen meters clear internal. So we've uh, increased the height to give a customer additional cubic capacity uh, within that building. And that's near Doncaster. So that's a central UK location, which gives access to the widest part of the UK. So it is. It's a good location um, in terms of its proximity to the ports, the Humber ports, for example, where a lot of products come in from abroad. But additionally, um, within a four and a half hour HGV drive time, you can reach 75% um, of the population um, of the UK. So that's great for HGV efficiency, because the driver doesn't have to stop on his on his route and can reach that 75% of the population. So that's the large scale building. What about the other site you mentioned in Crawley? G-Hub Crawley. So that um, is the other end of the scale and is what we're considering a last mile solution. So that's a three unit scheme. What does it, just picking up on that, what does last mile mean? So 
last mile is literally the last place your parcel is before it's delivered to your house (laughs) the last leg of your parcel's journey we all um, click you know next day delivery or same day delivery and so that parcel has to be in proximity to your house so Um, all those parcel delivery companies they deliver it to the hub warehouse and then the last mile is the one to your door absolutely that's correct and what then uh, that you mentioned three units in crawley tell us about a bit about those it is a three unit scheme and they're much smaller especially when you compare them to um our doncaster 602 so in crawley uh, the three units are ninety thousand square feet uh, 46,000 square feet and 26 6,000 square feet. So really the uh, opposite end of the spectrum there. Yeah, you weren't tempted to call them mice or moles or some some small creature. <laughs> no, we like to uh, have a name for our, our buildings that's catchy and, and sticks uh, in, in the mind of either the agent who might have an occupier that needs it or an occupier themselves. So mammoth seems to be appropriate, but uh, they don't come up with anything clever for Crawley. Just G-Hub. G-Hub, yep. yep. It, it does what it says on the tin. Okay. Looking at the net zero then, how, how do you achieve net zero in construction? What are some of the guiding principles? So magnitude 314 was um, the real test for us as a business to see you know, how we could achieve um, a carbon net zero building for construction. So um, it was a very iterative um, process throughout the um, design and bringing on board all of our external consultants to really challenge them to think in a different way. But every part of the process was... Um, looked at and modelled and then measured um, in terms of the carbon that was used and all the consultants and the contractor were challenged to find different solutions so nothing was off the table so to speak. You've got Um, those three phases haven't you? You've got the actual construction process and working with the partners to make sure that there's minimum carbon being used and then you've got the actual materials involved in the construction of a building and how much carbon they're using as well as an awareness of the whole life cycle of a building and how much is recyclable. I see that um, one of the things that you use a lot is recycled materials in the car park space around and in the sort of carpet materials. It's, the use of materials is, is a big thing, obviously, for that carbon reduction. What about some of the space around the building? Yeah, so um, in all of our buildings, we like to have attractive external areas uh, attractive to our occupiers to our neighbours and to wildlife and ecology around them so for example in Doncaster um, we will be collaborating with Earthwatch who run a project called the Tiny Forest Project so the idea of that is that you take a tennis court size plot and you plant around 600 trees densely in this small area so you literally have a tiny forest planting method encourages accelerated forest development they don't use any chemicals or fertilizers so it's all natural and um, the great thing is it's low management low maintenance um, after the first two years so earthwatch um, look after it for the first two years so as i say it's a collaborative project um, between the two parties and you can end up with over 500 animal and plant species within the first three years. So it's a a small area with a a big impact. That's the attraction for wildlife. But what are the amenities that you're putting in for customers? 
So, for example, looking at um, electric fleet vehicles is something that we hear a lot um, in terms of feedback from our customers. We are trying to assist them with their carbon footprint operationally by ensuring that we have sufficient electric charging points in our car parks. And we're always looking to the to the future and keeping one eye on what technologies are coming forward, so electric HGVs and things. And once we can understand what direction that's taking, then I'm sure our specification will change again to accommodate those. Yes, as we're all moving towards net zero, that's a kind of a, a necessary service to provide to customers and facilities for the future. Absolutely. And our, our customers will want their operations to be net zero as well or as close to as they can and moving in that direction all the time. So we have to do what we can to help them achieve their goals as well as our own goals. So that's that's their sort of electric fleet if, if the industry is moving in that way. But what about the social impact? What about the, the sort of areas and amenities that you provide for the workforce and the community? So when we constructed our Magnitude 314 project, we undertook um, a social value measurement exercise. And we, we tried to put into a value the benefit our development delivered to the local community. And that's quite a new thing, a social value assessment, isn't it? It, it is, yes. Um, Magnitude was the first assessment that we undertook and, and completed. Um, but we will be doing it for all of our projects going forward. But for Magnitude, we measured 39% of added social value. Um, and that was against a contract value of £12 million. We would normally expect to achieve um, 10 to 15 percent additional uh, value. So we did really well on that project. And what are some of those? How is that 39 percent extra value? So what's that? It's about no five million, I suppose, <laughs> from the 12 million contract. Uh, what, what are some of the things that you're measuring there? How's that figure made up? So we looked at um, four specific areas, such as skills and employment promoting local and responsible businesses, creating stronger, healthier communities and protecting and improving our environment. So, for example, 630 hours were spent um, volunteering to support local community projects and that has a social value of around £10,000. And there was investment in environmental and conservation initiatives as well as training and local direct employees who were hired during the construction phase. So as the development landscape is evolving, GLP is a global business. What are some of the things that you're bringing in from that global footprint that GLP has? Absolutely. So we work closely with our teams in in Asia and we see some of the um, technology that they're already implementing. So we see things such as a global robotics service um, whereby they lease robotic devices so that our customers don't have to purchase them themselves. So um, we provide a full package of services including consulting, implementation, maintenance, um, and you know, updating the, uh, the the robots, so that you can see as being a massive benefit to customers. So I imagine um, we'll see that across in Europe at some point in the, in the near future. So that's a leasing of robotic equipment to customers. What about some of the building specs itself and the energy reporting? The uh, built environment analytics is important for our our customers um, in their ongoing reduction of carbon usage and their carbon net zero targets that we've all got. 
Um, so that some of the smart monitoring that can take place inside a building with the... Absolutely. So um, the buildings have sensors um, situated around them. So uh, the operator of the building can see which lights are left on and which um, dock doors are left open or used the most or so that they can optimise their um, usage of the building and minimise their carbon footprint. Um, so obviously if a, if a specific dock door is left open all the time, it's going to have a negative effect on... Um, energy and heating and cooling systems within the building so they can easily identify which door it is and identify perhaps why that dock door is left open and implement a, a more efficient plan for it. But it's not just the big space of the warehouses it is also then the smaller spaces of the actual office units within the building. Absolutely so for a long time GLP have had rainwater harvesting in our buildings as standard so your flushing of the toilets is recycled water um, and also on the taps, they're all on sensors, so they can't accidentally be left on. All the lights are on sensors. So just little steps that help people reduce their carbon impact. So that's minimising the operational energy uses. What about some of the new energy technologies that you're starting to look at in buildings? For a long time, GLP have constructed buildings so that they can already take the weight of solar panels on the roof. And we will shortly be commencing a project to work with our customers to install solar panels on the roof of buildings where our customers want that. And GLP will be responsible for the um, cost and installation of those solar panels. And then we would still be able to offer our customers a preferential electricity rate compared to their standard grid rate. So we see it as a win-win for both parties. And that's generating the energy. What about storing some of that energy? Yeah, so we're seeing again our colleagues in Asia looking at um, a new energy partnership where um, they have a battery system that has a 16-year life cycle, which will actually expand the storage um, capabilities for things such as rooftop solar panels. So again, I imagine in time we'll, we'll see that coming across to the UK as well. So what would you say are the key development drivers in logistics at the moment? So GLP always like to listen and respond to our customers' requirements. So we spend a lot of time talking to them and understanding what their changing needs are. So this could be in terms of location. For example, um, historically, you may always think of um, logistics buildings being right on a motorway junction. But what we're hearing from our customers now is that labour is a real consideration for them. So actually, they would prefer to have a 10-minute drive from a motorway junction and be located somewhere where where they've got a plentiful supply of appropriate labour. So um, we're looking at sites across the country that meet those types of requirements. And of course, we always try to be um, a market leader in innovation and our building specification is continually evolving um, to be ahead of the game. So it's not just about listening to the customers' requirements as they stand at the moment, but it's also about anticipating what they might be coming up next absolutely um we always try and stay one step ahead of the game in understanding what they might need what um government my criteria may come forward uh, and how we can um assist them our customers to achieve their goals and needs well looking at that then what, what do you anticipate doing in the next 12 to 18 months 
So in the next 12 to 18 months, we'll be uh, busy developing our existing pipeline, both on a speculative and build-to-suit basis. What we're seeing in the market at the moment um, is constrained supply and increased customer demand. So the more uh, buildings we can build and the quicker we can build them is only going to serve to help our customers meet their ongoing demand um, and requirements at the moment. And then additionally, because we're building those buildings out perhaps quicker than we anticipated we need to find some additional land to purchase and start uh, the next phase of development oh it sounds like you're going to have a very busy time of it um thank you very much for joining me in the studio adrian howells thank you my name is paul shearer thanks for listening and thanks for listening to this episode of g talk ask the expert Be sure to subscribe to future episodes wherever you download your podcasts from. And to find out more, visit the website at eu.glp.com.